This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Back in action. Here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting as we do every dang day from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not bring cocaine into the White House, but a new report now confirming what we all knew to be true. Hunter's a dirtbag. Sounds like a member of the Biden family was responsible. After all, oh, I'm in trouble. Well, he's in trouble for other reasons. We'll get into that as well. 888-788-9910. If you want to be a part of an opening hour that's going to focus heavily on the 2024 election, why Bill Hemmer, the guy who works the board on election night right here at the Fox News Channel, the co-host of America's Newsroom, big fan of the surging Cincinnati Reds. All of that pales in comparison, of course, to the fact that he'll be appearing on to this show uh, at 1235 Eastern Time. So 888-788-9910 if you'd like to be Hammer's opening act. 888-788-9910. You know the rules. You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat, Libertarian, Independent. We don't care. You could identify as a golden retriever. <coughs> All we ask is that you don't be a There it is. Happy Wednesday. Uh, if you watched me on the Ingram Angle last night, thank you. A lot of fun. Always good to hang with Ingram. A lot of laughs. Uh, tomorrow you'll see me on Fox and Friends first. I will be on the Sean Hannity Show, a live audience edition. Uh, tonight, I'll be drinking in my yard. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. Not so. true. When I'm uh, in the home stretch of finalizing a book uh, that you'll hear all about that will be coming out uh, in early 2024. And we're in the editing phase, and I was told they're putting a shock collar around my neck until I get this freaking book done. So, the, yep, if I, if I try to go do TV, you know, it's the, that's what they do at home. They can't send the guy who follows me around Fox that makes sure I stop eating in between TV hits. Put that cookie down now! They need that guy in the White House, because what did we find out? As reported by the New York Post... Uh, Soldier of Fortune publisher Susan Katz Keating recently making a shocking claim that the president knows who the cocaine belonged to and that it is a close family member, but not Hunter. Come on, don't bullshit me. Oh, I don't know about that. Post was unable to independently confirm the Soldier of Fortune report and the Secret Service has denied it. But Keating says while the Secret Service publicly announced July 13th, they had closed the investigation without identifying a suspect due to a lack of physical evidence again. Come on, don't bullshit me. <laughs> Authorities were able to follow enough clues to come up with a name and were confident enough in their detective work to inform the commander in chief. I don't remember that ever happening. But it very well may have. Now, really quickly on that, because I'm not devoting the whole opening hour of the show to this cocaine story. We know it was somebody's in the families. Why? 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 How could you say that, Jimmy? 
Come on, man. How can you just get on the air all willy-nilly and start yelling and screaming that it's their cocaine? Why do you do things like that? You're like a crazy person. This is really simple, guys. If you ever go to the White House, you'll know that you go through metal detectors. You get sniffed by dogs, which is weird because you wind up getting sniffed by the president, too, in this administration. But you'll get sniffed by dogs on the way in. There are also cameras in every square inch of the building. Why? Again, why? Because it's the most secure location in America. There are men on top of the building with machine guns. There are anti-aircraft guns on top of the building because that's just how fortified it is. So this idea that we just have this section of the White House that doesn't have any surveillance in it. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Think about that. Okay, there's no world where they wouldn't know. Are they ever going to give us an answer on what it is they specifically know? The answer would be no. Of course not, because it reflects terribly on them, because it would have to be a member of the family, because they're the only people that don't go through those security protocols. That's it. There's nobody else sneaking around. So this world where you could get a bag of white powder, we don't know what it is, but you got a bag of white powder into the White House, and they're just, well, if they got one by us, what can you do? Goalie missed that one. I guess we skate on into the next period. There's no world where that's what they settled for. Just none. Will we get an answer? I doubt it. I don't doubt that they'll hold this, you know, for as long as they have to. That being said, what we are getting proof of is that this Biden situation, I mean, man, oh boy, oh man. We have a president that is clearly not all there. So Biden's out on the trail yesterday, uh, you know, goes to Arizona, where they're getting completely overwhelmed at the border. Naturally, he decides to give them a big speech about climate change. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. Let's listen, the only thing you're ever going to hear of is their agenda. So yesterday, okay, <laughs> Biden tells us, again, I, I don't even want to tell you this, okay, but he tells us he's got the military preparing for climate change. Shut up, fool! I mean, think about that. Stupid. Let me, I'll give you the whole, listen, we'll run the gamut. Let's start here. This is Biden talking about drilling and we can't deny climate change any longer and that is a fact check false but here it is clip seven i want to stop all drilling on the east coast and the west coast and in the gulf the private sector is coming off the sidelines they've invested 250 billion dollars in alternative energy there's so much going on finally finally no one can any longer deny that we don't have a problem with climate change you're not telling me the truth has, has anyone given us any data that shows us climate change is real? The answer would be no. So when he says, like, finally, finally, nobody can deny what's going on with the climate. Shut up. Will you shut up? Okay. They don't have any proof. All they have is, again, they're catering to a subset of people whose emotions are their facts. And the problem with doing that is you wind up fighting the wrong battles, specifically the wrong battles. Here's Biden telling the Weather Channel that the military is preparing for climate change. That's stupid. Use your common sense. The military's enemy, not Mother Nature. Okay, military's enemy is anybody who wants to attack us for our freedoms, uh, anybody who needs their ass handed to them because they were a bad, bad boy, or a bad, bad them or they. I don't, you know, it's a hard way to do it now. What the hell is the world coming to? But here is Biden, clip eight. How is the U.S. preparing the military? Well, we're preparing the military by trying to deal with the climate stuff. For example, many of the bases of the flooded, many of these massive floods, they flooded out military bases. 
in the Midwest and the South. That has a profound impact on readiness. And so what we have to do is change the way in which we generate energy. And that's, that's the whole of it. And the military is doing their part. You are so full of sh- Folks, if we changed the way that we produced energy, here's a newsflash for you. We couldn't power the military. Correct the mundo. Do they have electric tanks out on the battlefield? The answer would be no. No, because they don't have the capacity to go out there and wage war for the prolonged amounts of time we would need them to. Are we flying electric planes? The answer would be no. But I mean, are any of the military vehicles, when the game is on the line, are we sending in the electric stuff? The answer would be no. No, because we don't have the technology, number one. Number two... If we were about to convert our military fleet over to what they call renewables, number one, they still all run on fossil fuels. They're powered by them. But two, all of the infrastructure for those renewables come from China, our biggest geopolitical foe in the world, which means in the process of doing that to our military, we're strengthening them. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. It's stunning. Okay, and here is Biden, of course, getting in a campaign nugget. Uh, in Red Red Butte, Arizona, saying it's a MAGA Republicans trying to undo it all. Here it is, clip 10. Protecting our outdoor treasures, making our nation more resilient. But some MAGA extremists in Congress are trying to undo it all. I didn't get any help from the guys on the other team. Every single solitary person voted against this historic clean energy investment. And now many of them are trying again to repeal these parts of the bills. But we won't let them. You're a bald-faced liar. A liar. Yes, this, these historic clean energy bills. They're historic for what reason? They took a country that was $31 trillion in debt and plunged it another $2 trillion further with no actual proof that any of this will make a difference on anything. That is financial lunacy. Sometimes I wonder if it was Biden's cocaine in the White House. I mean, think about this. This is stupid. Now, I don't believe he's in charge. I believe, you know... He's reading whatever they tell him to off the teleprompter so we can get his pudding cup. We know how that works. Get out there and blast climate change. What? I don't know. Hey, we'll take away your pudding cup. Come on, man. And he's all right, climate, the military. We got to fix the military for climate change. That's what they want on the left. They're crazy. They're stupid. Okay, here is Biden calling the Grand Canyon one of the nine wonders of the world. Clip 11. There's no national treasure, none that is grander than the Grand Canyon. The Grand Canyon, one of the Earth's nine wonders. Literally. Think of that. You know, it's amazing. An enduring symbol of America to the entire world. As a matter of fact, I said nine. It's one of the seven wonders of the world. (laughs) Guy's just a mess. Okay, uh, if you're on, like, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and they give you a lifeline... Do not, under any circumstances, pick up the phone and call Joe Biden. I agree with that. Just a mess. Okay, but this idea that they're forcing an agenda on us, climate change. Got to change the military for climate change. Okay, it makes you wonder if they really are on drugs. Because you need to know this. Okay, we share the planet with China. China is the biggest polluter in the world by a margin of five which means what they do on their end winds up in our end. And because their population is nearly seven times the size of ours, 
you understand that what we do makes zero difference. It's symbolic. Okay, it is completely a symbolic gesture. And here's a newsflash because of the evolution in technology, okay, and the self-regulation and efficiency of the private sector, our country has lowered emissions every single year since we pulled out of the Paris Climate Change Agreement, which, oh, by the way, was, again, a symbolic non-binding agreement, meaning nobody who signed Obama's historic deal had to do anything about it in their actual country. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. Think about that. And they're like, oh, this is great, Obama. Signature accomplishment. The Paris Climate Change Agreement. But does anybody report on the fact that since moving out of the agreement, we've continued to lower emissions every single year? The answer would be no. No. We're lowering them because at times it's been more efficient for our manufacturing base. But it doesn't make a difference on the world. No one can show you the correlation between what's going on in the weather. Oh, it's hot in the summer. Who has any idea that we're contributing to that? They don't give you any data. They give you fear tactics, and then they pass around a collection plate. Please give us money. That's all they're doing. You know, so when you find yourself in a situation where they're weaponizing climate change again, and you're in an actual border state that's being historically overrun by your own border policies, and you get out there with the, well, I know what you need. You need something about climate change. I mean, it's crazy. I've told you this before. When it comes to climate change, Democrats are the pig-headed guy. You know the guy who lives with a woman and just wants to shack up with her and it's been on his mind and she's coming home from work and they're just them are home, so he's going to make his move. And the girl walks through the door and the guy's just not listening to anything she has to say because she's like, ah, broke a heel on the way to work. I stepped in a puddle. My boss is a jerk. My stomach hurts. And the guy's like, well, I know what you need. <laughs> and the girl's like, wait, what? Wait, excuse me? What the hell did you just say? <laughs> because you're not listening. Okay, Arizona is being overwhelmed at the southern border between the drugs and the cartel violence, the fentanyl poisoning deaths, okay, the people being held in cages right now at 113-degree temperatures because the infrastructure is completely overcrowded, and we don't get a word about that out of Joe Biden. Why? Because his policies caused it. Instead, he's giving you, well, I know what you need, Arizona. Get a little climate change. Let me rub a little climate change on those feet, girl. Okay, I'm telling you, these are stupid people. And if you don't think so, it might be your drugs in the White House.
Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon on a busy Wednesday episode of the show. Battle and Bill Hammer right around the corner. Harris Faulkner. The queen of daytime is excited to join us in the next hour. That is offensive, and it is not true. Well, she's coming, so I don't know whose idea it was. And, of course, Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich is going to join us as well. But right now, some you and me time on the radio. Okay, Biden goes out yesterday, gives his big dopey speech about climate change and MAGA terrorists and blah, blah, blah. Okay, meanwhile, back at the ranch, Trump also on the campaign trail. And uh, he had this to say about the legal headwinds he's facing. It is clip two. How can my corrupt political opponent, crooked Joe Biden, put me on trial during an election campaign that I'm winning by a lot, but forcing me nevertheless to spend time and money away from the campaign trail in order to fight bogus, made-up accusations and charges? That's what they're doing. I'm sorry, I won't be able to go to Iowa today. I won't be able to go to New Hampshire today because I'm sitting in a courtroom on bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Trump calling it BS. He threw in a little more in regards to why he is being prosecuted. Clip three. Only a party that cheats at elections would make it illegal to question those elections. That's the only ones that would really make it difficult. If you can't challenge a rigged election, think of it. We're not looking to do it. We want... You know, they don't go after the people that rigged the election. They go after the people that want to find out what the hell happened. It's a disgrace. Sheesh. So Trump is not having it. People thought, you know, I ought to throw a couple of indictments at him. That'll quiet things down. Not even close. Guy's flying right into the storm. You know, you don't have to like Trump. You don't have to support Trump. That's not my job. I'm not a radio surrogate for anybody other than America. Oh, it's so nice to work that way. You just get on, tell people the truth, you know, call some balls, call some strikes. But, you know, as a guy who likes to speak to you in sports metaphors because of my stunted intellectual development, I can tell you that Trump, uh, the fighter, is second to nothing I've ever seen in my lifetime in terms of his willingness to take on all comers. Okay, this guy, to even become president, took on the entire, you know, Democratic machine took on the entire Republican machine who wanted nothing to do with him being their nominee. And then he won and kind of curb stomped the field. Then, of course, he was hit with collusion, kept fighting. Then he was hit with impeachment and kept fighting. Then he was hit with another impeachment and kept fighting. Now he's been hit with indictment after indictment after indictment. I mean, we had never indicted a president. At the rate we're going, the Democrats are going to charge him with child neglect for failing to help Kevin McAllister in Homer Alone 2. And the guy keeps going. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. 
His name is Jonathan, but you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon trying to hold this country together. Here is President Trump up in Wyndham, New Hampshire, telling DeSantis, who is very much going the way of a submarine on its way to the Titanic. (laughs) That campaign is imploding. Uh, Trump says maybe it was too soon. This is clip 12. I'm watching a fake newscast, and they say, would you run against the president? He shouts, I have no comment. Now, to me, that means he's running. So I said, that son of a bitch is running. Can you believe it? I just got him elected. So that's why I've been particularly hard at him. And fortunately, it's worked because he's crashing. He's, he's like, he doesn't know what happened. He goes home. He says, uh, what happened? Where, what did I do wrong? What, you know what he did wrong? He ran. What he did wrong is he should have waited till 28. But I don't know if that would have held water because eventually they would have figured out, you know, you do need some personality if you're going to be a politician. Oh, shots fired on the campaign trail. Trump calling DeSantis a loser. Uh, joining us now, a superstar in every right, uh, but knows a thing or two about losing. I believe mm. the Cincinnati Reds have dropped seven Woo! out of their last Easy ten. Easy now. Bill Boom. Hammer has returned to earth <laughs> since his last interview. Good to see you. Nice to see you, brother. Uh, listen. Uh, how did I do on my timing today, Well, no, the way? you're fine. You always, you nail it every time you are... All right, in 1996. Are you upset with me? Not at all. In 1990, do you know how dead I am on the inside from all the years of driving a cab? Like, it's, it's nice to see you. Right on, I mean, I'm, come on, man. Yeah, I'm just playing it. the teams on the schedule, baby. Okay. And if the team bus doesn't pull up, well, I still got to get well, on the field. Here we are in the National League Central, so let it <laughs> Here we go. Uh, Reds in third, all right, hanging in there, game yeah. and a half back. Uh, I don't know what this says for them, but Vegas puts their odds of winning it all at one in a DeSantis. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, Who's going through a rougher patch? The three and set three out of ten Reds or DeSantis? Um, you know, I I think all this DeSantis stuff is blown out of proportion. I agree there. Not listen. Nothing moves in this game mm-hmm. until they step on the stage yep. in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yep. I think it. that's the entire ball game. Right here on the Fox News Channel, first GOP primary debate. A lot of people are stunned to know uh, Kennedy and myself are not moderating it. And there was a lot of there was a lot of chatter. Did you you put your name in the hopper? I'm sure, right? <laughs> I did not. Come on. So Jimmy puts his name in the hopper, and they say what? <laughs> well, I actually can't repeat it on the air. What they uh, said, said. That we have an FCC license. I mean, they said some things I'd never yeah, heard. Was it out loud or was <laughs> it in an email? <laughs> Kidding. Bill Hemmer is in studio. We're talking yes. things up, and I, this is what I think does happen. Because obviously there is so much heat on a campaign like DeSantis mm-hmm. because he came in as a governor and we all knew he was running, but he prolonged it because they had a supermajority in the state legislature and did wonderful things. Yeah. Great. But I think on some level their campaign is feeding into the hysteria by shaking up as early as they have. How come? Be- because it lends to the credence that things are going sideways. When in truth, they're not going you know, as off the rails as they're being characterized as. Yeah. The reality is he's going up against a guy who is a former president who's pulling a Grover Cleveland if he lands this plane uh-huh. and happens to be in the middle of a circle, mm-hmm. you know, rally around the flag moment with all mm-hmm. these indictments. So I don't know yeah. how DeSantis could be closing the gap right now, absent being on stage with Trump or Trump being in the slammer, yeah. which isn't going to happen anytime soon. So um, a couple of ways to look at this. I don't know if Trump's going to show up or not. I mm-hmm. think right now I'm on the 49% of that, yep. that bet. I, mm-hmm. As of today, yep. could be totally wrong. Nobody really knows. 
Um, if he is on stage, it's going to be all about him. Mm-hmm. And I think what he's going to have to do is turn it against everybody else on stage. Yep. And I think he'll probably get everybody to bend their knee except for Chris Christie. Yeah. And who, who knows what Chris Christie says? He's the wild This card. whole thing could go volcanic. Chris, 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 and, there, and there's Bear, right? <laughs> there's Bear trying to get in between these men. It's real. Uh, I want to tell you this. Mm-hmm. I think these debate moments mm-hmm. can be monumental. Yes. And there will be a breakout star. Mm-hmm. I've got a little side bet with my co-anchor, Dana, about Whoa. who we think that'll be. But I, I'll save that for off the air. Yeah, that matters. Um, the thing about Trump yesterday in New Hampshire, you played that little clip yesterday. I was like, where is he? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think it was at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Yep. And um, punched up the link. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching. Wasn't a lot of people on the, on the yeah. link. Uh, a couple thousand. But I looked at the wide shot of this gymnasium. Mm-hmm. I thought, holy cow. Yeah. The joint is packed yep. to the rafters. Who knows how many are outside? Mm-hmm. And it reminded Jimmy, mm-hmm. uh, me, of Barack Obama, mm-hmm. 2008. Yeah. He won Iowa. We all go to New Hampshire. The turnaround was much quicker then. I don't yep. remember the number of days. It was no more than a week. It might mm-hmm. have been five. Can't remember. And we said, let's make sure that we're at Obama's first event after Iowa. Yeah. So we hit southern New, uh, New Hampshire, 7 o'clock in the morning, taillights as far as the eye can see. Wow. Parking lot's packed. We walk into this gym. It is packed to the rafters. Wow. Same side. Might have been the same place as Trump was yesterday. That's pretty wild. So, I'm, I mean, I, I walked in there and I said, well, this – campaign between Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton is over. Yeah. If you get this kind of a turnout after his victory in yeah. Iowa. And I looked at that crowd yesterday and I kind of had a similar feeling <laughs> if he's, that in 2023 slash 24 that he's, he's pulling a secretariat yeah, wire to wire. I, I, my son, who knows what happens in these yeah. court cases? Yep. Who knows how closely the American public pays attention to them? Who knows how closely the independent voters pay attention to minutia? My sense is this. One of two impressions are made from trial after trial after trial. It's mm-hmm. A, yep. quit beating the guy up. Yep. Or it's B, I don't even want to pay attention to it anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm done with it. Let's move on. That, that's where I think they might have overplayed the card. Because what happens is it's hard to focus the public's attention on any one thing. Because the number of indictments he's now facing, we could be looking at a fourth one down in Georgia, mm-hmm. are almost cartooning a process that we'd never indulged in the 247-year history of the country. We never yeah. indicted a president. Yep. Now we've got four of them. Yep. I, I was saying earlier, they're going to charge him for child neglect because he didn't help Kevin in Home Alone 2. <laughs> you know, he could have took that well, kid I in. You know, I could, the, but... the, the kid was at O'Hare. Hey, it's possible. <laughs> you can't, can't leave a kid at O'Hare. We've all been there. <laughs> didn't even send him to the United yes, Club for a drink. Christmas time. I mean, come on, Bill wow. Hemmer. It's crazy. So I think there's an element of that in play where they might be cartooning the process a little too much. But one thing we know for certain is the people who support him do not in any way trust the DOJ. They do not in any way trust the intel community after what happened with Hunter Biden's laptop. They don't. And I think the reality is you might see these offsetting penalty flags because I don't consider Hunter Biden a deliverable, meaning no one's going to go to the polls and vote because Probably they not. think they were lied to about but, Hunter Biden, the, 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 yeah. but okay. they Sorry. might be offsetting flags. It might go, yeah. well, Biden's got his legal troubles. Trump's mm-hmm. got his legal troubles. Mm-hmm. So I think the best thing the Democrats could do is have Biden off the ticket. Yeah. Do you make anything of these theories being floated by guys like Chris no. Sununu? Me neither, right? No. Sununu's and John Cusack say anything yeah. both. He's just firing him out of a T-shirt. I like gun. him, but he's not but a friend of no, the front runner no and chance. would really like to kick him out of his state. Yeah, no uh, chance. What was uh, offsi- Offsetting what, what penalties. Offsetting. There yeah. it is, right. Flag mm-hmm. on the play. Yeah. I mean, there's yellow laundry all over the joint. <laughs> um, well, uh, 
It could. Uh-huh. Very much. I mean, your theory could absolutely play out. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in no man's land in terms of politics. Yep. Trump has shown his willingness to go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would really like him to show up in Milwaukee. Yeah, me too. I think it would be a dynamic moment for America. Um, you know why? Because mu- be, Go ahead. Much like August of 2015. No, I agree no with that. No one really knew what we were going to unwrap with that package there in Cleveland, Ohio, and 25 million people tuned in to watch. Yeah, that was crazy stuff. And he won it with a Rosie O'Donnell joke out of the gate. That stuff yes. matters. The personality contest really mm-hmm. matters. Yeah. And if you're landing a, you know, a knockout, a haymaker, yeah. you know, a Reagan Mondale joke. Yeah. You, you want know. you want a little inside baseball? Give it to me. From come that on, night. Come on, Hammer. Um, I always I find these events to be uh, you never forget these indelible moments because they're data points in your head and you carry with them for years. All right. Mm-hmm. So what we do during debate day, mm-hmm. um, starting at 11 a.m. local time, mm-hmm. we'll give each campaign 10 minutes to come out, look at the podium, see the microphone, where are the lights, where are the moderator sitting. Uh-huh. How's it look? Right. In 2015, we had 17 candidates spread out over two different debates. 16 of the 17 showed up in their allotted time slot. Mm -hmm. One person went missing. (laughs) Trump sent a guy who walked up to the microphone and said, he's about my height, (laughs) about my hair color. That was Trump's campaign. Of course it was. So so I said to myself, how foolish is that? Mm -hmm. This guy knows from producing uh, the TV TV show, show, The Apprentice 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 on NBC. You know, he knows a little something about production style and Mm -hmm. the advantage you have of understanding the terrain. Uh Didn't matter. So we assigned someone to each candidate to make sure they're in the right place at the right time. And we had a young lady who worked with us then. And she was assigned to escort Trump Uh into the arena, to the green room. Out to the uh, lineup area, come on out on stage. Mm-hmm. She gets done. She walks up. I say, what do he say? Mm-hmm. She said, absolutely nothing. I said, oh, <laughs> game face. <laughs> he was locked in. Yes. He was locked in. Yeah. Eye of the tiger. He was locked in for the Rosie O'Donnell you moment right that he you was. mentioned. Because he probably knew that question was coming somewhere. Yeah. You know, the arrow was in, that, the, in the quiver somewhere. Likely. And uh, just, but just a knockout counterpunch, yes. a knockout punch. Yeah. It was incredible. And that stuff really matters. That's why you're right in saying until these guys face live ammo. It's the old Mike, Mike Tyson uh-huh. adage. Everybody has a plan until they get popped in the mouth. It ain't that the truth. Yes. And in a debate, I love yeah. this. I want the head on fight as a right. guy who grew up on prize fighting. I, I was thinking of uh, the summer of 2019. Mm-hmm. By, by the way, I think this debate mm-hmm. is the political event of the summer. Absolutely. Bar none. Because I think, I, in all honesty, I think it's going to be core nation one way or the other it's it, it's either for trump's going to walk away with this thing head and shoulders by taking wow. down the field mm-hmm. or you're going to see that other thing that snow globes the field turns it upside down and shakes it up because yeah. as you said there's a surprise show stealing candidate out yeah. there um but then i think about the summer of 2019 okay kamala harris comes on stage goes right after joe biden yeah hits him right between the eyes he turns around and picks her six months later <laughs> to be his running mate. Remember that? Yeah. Because, you know, those you, bruises weren't so deep, were they, Jimmy? <laughs> the, the thing is, there was enough distance between the two because she got taken out of the race pretty quickly. Uh-huh. Tulsi Gabbard, you could thank for that, kind of yeah. roughed her up pretty good in the, in the follow up yeah, debate. Good, good recall. And that happened. So she was out before Iowa. So when he came around to picking yeah. her and whatever it was, May or June, yeah. we at least had some distance. Yeah. But you're right to say the primaries, and this is what's so fascinated about him, is there is this phenomenal kiss and make up factor 
that everybody beats each other within an inch of their uh-huh. lives. And then you'll wind up at a campaign where, for the most part, they play nice. Ted Cruz tried doing it the other way. Do you remember in Cleveland? And he was telling them about voting their conscience, and he got booed when he was out ultimately endorsing Trump at the uh-huh. campaign. He took a little heat. Uh, but most people usually kind of get in line, and it's yeah. fascinating to watch. That's politics, right? Uh-huh. I mean, but- friend, for those of us who have never lived and worked in Washington, D.C., we mm-hmm. don't really get it, do we? No, it's a different animal. Right. They, I mean, they, they if, are locked in. If we understood D.C., we'd have much worse drinking problems than we do. Okay, that's an interesting town. Likely. Bill Hemmer is in studio. I mean, could you see a world? I mean, now we're just spitballing well into the future. Uh, could you see a world where, you know, you had a Republican Party comprised of this field that was able to consolidate in support of somebody? Meaning, could Trump endorse a Tim Scott? Could Trump endorse a DeSantis? Could DeSantis endorse a Trump after this? Could Tim Scott... Is this one gotten to? Uh, no, yes, 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 and yes. Okay, but you don't see Trump playing ball. Um, I, I don't. Let, let's see how yeah. these trials work okay. out. Mm-hmm. Let's see whether or not the law takes him out, or whether he takes himself out on his yep. own. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, you've, you're up two point five in the rest of the field right now. Yes. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, a lot of ground to make up, Jimmy. I got to tell you, we got a Hollywood writer strike, but this season of America, nonetheless, <laughs> it's pretty entertaining. Yes. It's pretty entertaining, Hammer. Everything's going good except my Yankees. So uh, if ever there was Sorry a time to trade, that. no, no, we'll be all right. What about you taking shots of the Reds? I mean, they're young, yes, Jimmy. They're starting five guys who are age 21. I've kind of These been, are rookies. I, I will they were ado- in Louisville 60 days ago. I will adopt them as my September team if I don't have one to invest in because you know how connected I am uh, to the Ohio community. And we were at we were at the Neil Armstrong Museum. Uh-huh. I'll have you know this. Wapakoneta, yeah, Wapakoneta. So we finished this big moon landing documentary, uh-huh. and I give this throaty denouncement of the conspiracy. This is how the dot right. Come on, get a hobby, you people are losers. American exceptionalism, uh-huh. blah blah blah. We turn around to walk into the museum to film some artifacts. They tell us no. Now, what does that tell you, Hammer? Whoa. Whoa. is right, Bill How come? No, they just didn't want it. They, they were cool. They were actually very cool. So pleasure. I've been watching your promos. I see them everywhere. You know, oh. every five minutes they're on Fox, here, there, and everywhere. Uh, you've done a couple nice hits, I think, across the channel. We're trying. You we're haven't trying. T- come to talk to Dane and me yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we, we do most of our talking off the air so these days, I but we'll work it out. I think we're going to have to figure that out yeah, yeah, if we can. We owe this can to the American people. Can you tell me one thing? Mm-hmm. On which basis do those who claim it was all staged, on which basis do they make that claim? Do you want me to give it to you? Please. Here are the three biggest ones. I've heard okay. a few, but you give me. The guy who has been punched by Buzz Aldrin, Bart Sabrell. You know, if you remember that story, Buzz Aldrin threw a right hook at a guy uh-huh. who was walking around asking astronauts to swear in a stack of Bibles that they walked on the moon. He claims that the shadows in the photos are off in a way that they couldn't be, given light sources. But the truth is... If two objects are at different heights, the shadows will project differently. It's like lines in a parking space. If it goes on long enough, they'll eventually intersect. Uh But that was one of the things they hung their hats on. But the biggest driving force was a guy who worked in the Rocketdyne program that helped manufacture the Saturn V rocket. Bill Casing wrote a book in 1976 called We Didn't Go to the Moon Inside the $30 Billion Hoax. And his takeaway was we had the incremental steps were made to get us to the moon. But we didn't want to land, given, you know, the possibility that we might blow up in front of 650 million live viewers. So we left them in orbit and we filmed the rest at an Air Force base in California. How many people kept that secret? (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It's a lot of people. That's at minimum 100. Now, this is the only thing. Okay, and I'll add this caveat. Okay, a lot of people are bothered by the fact that we haven't gone back since 1972. 
which yeah. is, I understand why it wasn't Gene terribly Cern. cost-effective. It was a gazillion dollars. We had other things going on. Yeah. Uh, Gil Scott Heron had a number one hit called Whitey on the Moon. Nobody, it seemed like a misappropriation of resources. Yeah, okay, and the rest of the world couldn't afford to go. But I am a little miffed that no other country ever attempted to do it. You know, and people say, well, we won the space race. It's over. We beat them to it. But at the same time, there's a lot of guys listening right now, mindful of the fact that someone beat them to Julia Roberts. But if she calls them tonight, they're probably going to pick up the yeah, phone, Hammer. Right. They're probably going to pick up the yeah. phone. So I don't know what kind of Yelp review wow. Neil Armstrong okay. gave the moon, but nobody's going. So that's a lot in there, okay? That's a lot. The, the thing that sticks out at me is that we've spent $30 billion yes, in 1960s yes. dollars. Yes. Whew. Uh, on this some big Scott own. I did not know that. Yeah, you know what kind of pitching staff the Reds would have with yeah. that payroll. Oh man! Oh, we wouldn't Ellie, even be talking about. Come it. on, <laughs> I'll give you De La Cruz for your um, yeah. for your Cy Young winner. <laughs> I'll give you De La Cruz for a Mercury capsule yes, for a, an Apollo capsule. Sign me up. The great Bill Hammer. Watch him every day in America's newsroom. We're back after this. All right, bro. The best. The critics have spoken. It's a mess. It's a mess. This is Fox Across America. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Little hole in oats on a Wednesday afternoon. Their catalog has changed now. You can't sing Man Eater anymore. They're a them eater. Something like that. I don't know know what the heck is going on right now. It's never been a dumber time to be alive, ladies and gentlemen. Never, ever, ever. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. This one will cheer you up. Harris Faulkner coming by in the next hour. We're going to be talking to Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich as well. And a lot of that talk is going to center around the first GOP primary debate, which will take place right here on Fox News exactly 14 days from today. Here's a nice add-on to that. You talk about some bonus content, some added value, if you will. Uh, I tell you guys things nobody knows anywhere, like things you won't hear on the TV channel that are happening on the TV channel. Uh, Saturday night, August the 26th, right after we get done with this big debate out in Wisconsin, Saturday night, August the 26th, I will be hosting Fox News Saturday night, 10 p.m. show. It's my third time at the helm, and you better be there, damn it, because I need the ratings. We'll be wrapping up those debates, and you might even see some of the candidates along the way. So a big look, uh, but none bigger than the one coming up in the next hour. The queen of daytime, Harris Faulkner, joins us in studio on Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Is it ever? And we are fired up in this hour to bring you the queen of daytime, Harris Faulkner, who kicks off her 2024 democracy series with live voters tomorrow on the Fox News channel. But she's going to join us today in this hour to discuss the 2024 election where Ron DeSantis having a tough time of it right now. Go home to mommy. Go home. Bye. Go home to mommy. Go home to mommy. Donald Trump, of course, still front and center in the polls. But there's a lot of debate about whether or not he's going to be a part of the debate, uh, which takes place exactly two weeks from today on the Fox News channel. My question to you, if you want to jump in there, is should Trump debate? 888-788-9910. Looking like this as sports, he's got a big lead, obviously showing up to debate. If something goes sideways, yeah, he could lose a lot of that big lead. He could give these guys a chance to close some ground. So are you of the mind that defense wins championships 
and Trump should stay home and let the rest of the Republicans break it out, run the risk of somebody becoming a breakout star? Or should Trump go in there guns blazing? The truth is, I think Trump is really in fighting shape right now, and I think he's going to have to show up. Here is Steve Ducey on Fox and Friends. He and I, he interviewed me on Fox and Friends yesterday, by the way. If you missed it, it is on the Fox Across America website. It's on the Fox Across America Facebook page. All right, I'm done. I'm done plugging. I'm done plugging my Scott. Shut up. Will you shut up? That's enough. Okay. But here is Trump in fighting shape. First talking about his indictments. Clip 13. Everyone can see the stunning contrast between our incredible success and Joe Biden's horrendous failures. And that's. One reason why we're leading so big in the polls. That's really the reason, I think. It's more enthusiasm now than 2016 or 2020 because you've seen how incompetent these people are. One more indictment that I think this election's over. One more. No, it's horrible. You get indicted for nothing. He's absolutely leaning into it. Absolutely positively leaning into it. And uh, here he is talking about Chris Christie because someone heckled Christie. Clip 14. No, Christie's he's eating right now. He can't be bothered. <laughs> Sir, please do not call him a fat pig. That's very disrespectful. Don't call him. See, I'm, I'm trying to be nice. Don't call him a fat pig. You can't do it. You can't do that. So now, because you're not allowed to do that, and therefore uh, we're not going to do it, okay? We want to be very civil, right? <laughs> Trump calls uh, uh, tells a heckler, you can't say fat pig because it's not civil. But he's saying fat pig. <laughs> Chris Christie responded in an interview this morning uh, saying, say that to my face. Are you threatening me, sir? That's <laughs> so silly, but that's what he said. Uh This is the reality of Trump. He likes the name calling. He likes the off-color sound bites. He likes taking the fight to the establishment, to the people prosecuting him, to the deep state, as he says, to the Biden crime machine, as he calls it. Trump is in fighting shape. And I don't think a guy who's in the fighting shape that he is wants to sit out a debate because here's the problem, okay? That debate right now, is going to be the, the hottest event of the summer by far, bar none. You might see 25 million people watch it. It's going to be a big number. Okay, and the idea that Trump would sit on the sidelines and let somebody break out as the star of this thing and get all the momentum and all the adulation and the big media heat that he's the guy now. Wrong. I don't think Trump could give them the spotlight in a moment like this one where he is the subject of so much legal conflict that it would open up the stage for two hours of someone making the case that they have the same policies as Trump, but they don't bring any of the baggage. Yeah, everyone's overwhelmingly loyal to Trump. I mean, right now he's got a 50-point lead. But nothing matters till they get in the ring, as Mike Tyson said. Everybody's got a plan until they get popped in the mouth. Here is Steve Ducey, uh, the aforementioned Steve Ducey, talking about the debate and Trump having doubts about sitting it out. It's clip 15. I think if if Donald Trump is polling the audience saying, hey, do you think I should do that debate? Because he was very clear. He was emphatic. Nope, I'm not going to do it because I'm way ahead. 
And we have heard him say that, you know, my advisors are telling me I shouldn't do it. Obviously, he's having second doubts about the advice he's getting from his advisors. Because if he's polling the audience and... I just don't see, okay, the debate's in two weeks here on Fox. I just don't see Donald Trump sitting at home watching along with 40 or 50 million other Americans when he sees Ron DeSantis in that center square. That would absolutely drive him crazy. He's not wrong about that. I actually think he would lose it if he's sitting at home watching somebody else become the bell of the ball. I think he'd snap on him. Get him out of here. But Ainsley Earhart takes it beyond ego and just talks about the fact that, yeah, you are a former sitting president attempting to pull a Grover Cleveland and become the second former president to serve two non-concurrent terms. But you still don't actually get that handed to you. It's not a coordination. You do have to get out there and make the case. And clearly he's doing a good enough job of making it. The guy's up 50 points. But it does show an indifference to the voters who won't get a chance to contrast Trump with the other candidates. Here's Ainsley Earhart saying as much. Clip 16. Don't you want him to do it? Because yeah, look, I course. know he's angry at everything that the that he feels that this administration of the Democrats, the DOJ, have put him through. But don't take it out on the Republicans, because Republicans want to see him up on stage. And don't take the voters for granted. Yes, right. he is ahead by a lot. But to see him up there on the stage would just be wonderful, because we want to see how they interact. We want to hear their policies. That's how he became Donald Absolutely. Trump the first time. Uh, he, he made it entertaining. He blew everybody away at the he first and Fox event. A hundred percent. And that's why I think you're going to wind up seeing him in the actual debate is because I don't think he wants somebody else making the case for him. It was made up by these sick people. It okay, was. That's the reality. He doesn't want somebody getting out there saying, you know, look, I've got all the same policies. This guy's been indicted three or four times. You know, that, you know, could persuade voters. OK, I'm going to tell you this. When you see Tim Scott. You're going to go, wow, if this guy was running for president, Democrats could have a really hard time beating him. Okay, you are. That's just reality. You can't play the race card against a guy like Tim Scott. Like, you can, but you're going to look like a clown. And they'll play it. Don't get me wrong. They'll give it a go. They don't have a hell of a whole lot else to say. But the truth is you watch Tim Scott out there and you go, wow, okay. He's the guy who passed the First Step Prison Reform Act with Trump. He's the guy who created the $75 billion in opportunity zones that Trump ultimately signed off on. He supports Trump's border policies. Huh, it's interesting. What if we put a guy in there that they couldn't beat? Because they couldn't beat Tim Scott. And that's the risk Trump runs. So what Trump needs to do if he wants to win this thing is show up and make everybody battle for VP. That's what Trump showing up does. If Trump goes to the debate and stomps the field, then you're basically watching a competition to be his VP. But if Trump doesn't go to the debate... He's leaving the door wide open, wide open for somebody to come in and steal the sentiment from the party. This could be a problem. Might be. I'm not saying it would definitely happen, but you are committing an unforced error if you don't go. A a thousand percent. And I think the truth is, knowing how hard whoever the GOP nominee is going to be up against it when it comes to the media, okay, I think they need to get in that ring and duke it out. You know how they say in boxing, it's not what your record is, it's who you fought Okay, well, the truth is whoever the GOP nominee is going to become, will be, will have to fight everybody. I mean, everybody, okay? Not just the entirety of the, you know, primetime lineup at CNN. CNN is the worst. Maybe, but they're going to fight every media outlet on the planet. The media is a bunch of losers. Fine, but that's going to be the reality. 
So you need to be battle-hardened. You need to get in there and fight a stiff competition. And I think Trump lends that to the other candidates just the ways that the other candidates learn, you know, lend that to him. Because there's going to be somebody on that stage with the balls to come after him, okay? Not just a guy like Chris Christie. There's a slob. There's a real slob. Fine. But Christie, we know, is going to try to torpedo Trump. But there's going to be other people trying to make that case as well. Now, maybe Trump's internal strategy is, hey— Christie's not going to be in this race forever. Maybe I'll wait till he goes home because nobody else has the guts to attack me. It'll be a much easier debate to have. I could see where that would be his strategy. But the truth is, again and again and again, we live in a prisoner of the moment world where if somebody comes swooping into that debate hall and really knocks it out of the park, like they're funny, they're charming, they've got a phenomenal grasp of policy— there's a really good chance that people's feelings change. They go, wow, Trump's awesome. Wow, he's politically persecuted. But wow, we'd have a much easier time beating Joe Biden if we nominated somebody else. Tell him like it is. That's reality, okay? And that's what Trump runs the risk of. So if I'm him, I am all over that debate stage, all over it, okay? If you guys want to sneak in a call, we have Harris Faulkner coming on, but 888 788 Nine nine one zero. Would you debate if you were Trump? Okay, my gut is he should. uh, But here's Trump weighing in on other issues. Okay, and this is one of the funny ones that caught me. Okay, he was talking about another indictment, and he seemed to be excited about it. Clip one. They waited till the election. They waited, and I probably have another one. They say there's a young woman. a young racist in Atlanta, say racist. And they say, I guess they say that she was after a certain gang and she ended up having an affair with the head of the gang or a gang member. And this is a person that wants to indict me. She's got a lot of problems, but she wants to indict me to try and run for some other office. And it's not wrong. Okay, that was, you know, him talking about Letitia James. Okay, and now we've got this Alvin Bragg indictment, which is complete trash. Okay, here's Trump leveling with the indictments clip two how can my corrupt political opponent crooked joe biden put me on trial during an election campaign that i'm winning by a lot but forcing me nevertheless to spend time and money away from the campaign trail in order to fight bogus made-up accusations and charges that's what they're doing i'm sorry i won't be able to go to iowa today i won't be able to go to new hampshire today because i'm sitting in a courtroom on bullshit <laughs> It's funny, but he's not wrong, okay? They keep it. We've never indicted a president once in the 247-year history of the country. Okay, Trump's about to be indicted for a fourth time. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Okay, and one of the reasons why is because they're hoping to saddle him with as much baggage as possible that, number one, does make it harder for him to run because he can't spend the money directly on his campaign. He's paying legal bills with it. Number two, they want that hanging over the Republican Party's head. So there's a lot of social pressure on people to vote against them. Hey, don't vote for that racist who's going to jail. Vote for the doddering old man who falls on the way up the stairs. You know, the guy who doesn't know how to ride a bicycle anymore. Trump needs to be at the debate to show that he is a formidable force. 
to drive the conversation, to make the case that his policies are better for the country and that, yes, he is being politically persecuted. Nobody else is going to make that case for him, okay, if he's not there two weeks from today. So if I'm Trump, I am absolutely positively getting in the ring because not only do we have an election to win, but it'd be good for the American people to just hear from a guy who happens to be a bit of a character, not to mention an expert on everything. Introducing Ask Trump, the advice seminar from a man who's an expert on everything. Nobody knows the politicians better than I do. I know more about ISIS than the generals. Nobody knows more about campaign finance. Nobody knows much more about technology. Nobody knows more about environmental impact statements. I understand the tax laws better than almost anyone. He'll take your questions on everything from baseball deals. Nobody knows more about trade than me. To children's gifts. Nobody has better toys than I do. Ask Trump can improve your vocabulary. I know words. I have the best words. Audiences enjoy it so much it feels like a religious experience. Nobody loves the Bible more than I do. Ask Trump is so successful the critics are going nuclear. There's nobody that understands the horror of nuclear better than me. Ask Trump, the fastest growing advice seminar in the country. Because nobody's ever had crowds like Trump has had. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here's your President Joe Biden. He was sworn in January 20th of 2021. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And uh, back in November of 22, he uh, said the quiet part out loud about Donald Trump, clip four. How do you reassure them if that is the reason for their questioning that the former president will not return, or that his political movement, which is still very strong, uh, will not oh, yeah? once again take power in the United States. <laughs> well, um, we just have to demonstrate that he will not take power. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? We have to demonstrate that he won't take power? I mean, dude. That's not right. Doesn't sound right. It sounds very much like, you know, might have been texting Merrick Garland on the old burner phone. Yo, Merrick, why don't you drop a couple of indictments on a girl? You know what I'm saying? Hook a brother up. Doesn't sound good, but either way you slice it, there's no way the country benefits in a democracy. You think about how much we're told, oh, you got to protect democracy. You send all our money to Ukraine because we're protecting democracy. Don't they have elections uh, being canceled right now or something? I think he's got a point. No, not exactly engaged in, you know full-throated democracy at the moment, and that's fine. Listen, Vladimir Putin's a thug and a dirtbag, and there's no way we can be on board with those occupations. But that being said, every Democrat who tells you about protecting democracy is interfering with democracy, okay? Killing the Hunter Biden laptop story was election interference, number one. Number two, okay, denying the leading political candidate the right to talk about a case that he believes has been unjustly brought against him also interfering with our democracy because it means people are making the case to the voters that the candidate himself is denied making. Okay, that's not a free and fair election. Here's Jonathan Turley talking about it, clip six. If you are going to hold the leading presidential candidate uh, to a trial date in the middle of the presidential campaign, you're going to have to afford some leeway for him to be able to discuss the case because everyone's going to discuss the case. And I think this motion is tone deaf in that sense. Now, look, I don't agree with what the president has been posting. I think that that uh, posting that you noted uh, was really ill-advised. It it, it couldn't have come at a worse time. But I think that there's a point here 
that if you're going to try the leading Republican candidate for the presidency during the presidential election, he's going to have to be able to talk about this case. I mean, think about this. When James Comey got up there and said they wouldn't be charging Hillary Clinton, do you remember that? Okay. What, what was the FBI's policy that was cited? The fact that we were on the brink of an election and you can't be out there charging one candidate. This is not okay. So she didn't get charged. Okay, she went home and threw a little more hot sauce on her food. Hot sauce. Really? Yes. Okay, but understand, this time around, Trump is on the verge of being charged four times. Okay, and this very much flies in the face of tradition, number one. But number two, understand a lot of what he's being charged for we've seen out of the other party. Now, they keep telling us this was a fake electors plot and they were going to overthrow the certification. I haven't seen that. Uh, I will continue to follow it and look for some actual concrete proof that that was his plan and not just a plan that was pitched to him by a desperate surrogate. But the fact remains, if you're going to charge a guy who's winning in the polls, okay, you are absolutely positively interfering with an election. And if you tell us you want to protect democracy, there's no way that's the way to do it. Okay, if anything, you're bringing it to an end. He knows what he's talking about. It's America's Life Coach. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know they're busting out a good guitar bed when the queen of daytime is on the docket. She has just ridden in on an elephant. You had to see it. It was gilded. You know what? Not their traditional pedestal bed. They usually carry her around the building on a pedestal bed. There must have been talk about my baby elephant. (laughs) What are you even talking about? A baby elephant? Are you downsizing? (laughs) This is an outrage. Harris Faulkner is in the house and the world's a better place for it. Hey, girl. Hey, no, I would be elephant. riding on, on someone else's child like that. The mama <laughs> elephant would hunt me down. How did we even get here? I don't know. I was just um, gussying up your intro. Thank you. you know, and- the people listening can't see the pyrotechnics that go off when you walk in. <laughs> They don't see the producer <laughs> release the doves. They don't, That's they don't the hairspray. There's so much of it. That if there's a cigarette anywhere nearby, it just explodes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Harris. Well, listen, these are wild times. Uh, I was watching yeah. the Fox News Channel earlier today, and I happened to see that someone is hosting the first installment of some Democracy 2024 interaction tomorrow. Yes. Do you know anything about this? I have heard tale. Whoa. Look, um... I'm always curious to know about the people behind the scenes. Yep. I, I, I think that when you vote for somebody, it's no longer just the candidate. You're getting a total package now. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's always been that way, but I feel like everybody's in play. There was a time when presidential candidates' families were really left untouched. Yep. Things have changed. And with that change has come not just curiosity, but an opportunity for some of those family members to step in, lean in, and support their loved ones. Yep. And uh, the first of it will be Vivek Ramaswamy's wife. Oh, there you go. Uh, Dr. Apoorva mm-hmm. Ramaswamy is a surgeon. Fascinating young woman. Uh-huh. Right. By the way, I'm so old now, I, I call everybody young. My husband's like, you're calling me young. And I'm like, well, I am a cougar. Oh, Harris. Um, hey, girl. That is good times. <laughs> anyway, no, I'm not, we're not listening. that far apart. But I, I say this because she's got her own career. She's got her own things going on. Two children under three. And they are in this together. Mm-hmm. And I I was excited to go. First of all, I love the state of New Hampshire. So I went to a Republican event there. Mm-hmm. I got to see the behind the scenes and how they're handling 
you know, getting the message out yep. there and mm-hmm. having Vivek's name become more yep. well-known. Mm-hmm. So I sit down, have a long talk with her. I'm at that event, and it's a chance for people to see that some of the wives and loved ones, they'll talk politics with you. They'll get in there. And I, I was fascinated. Now, her her normal job is she does throat surgeries for people who've just finished um, chemo, can, chemotherapy. Yeah, okay. And the reason for that is the chemo destroys some of that tissue. Mm-hmm around your ability to swallow solid solid food. So mm-hmm. she tries to give people Thanksgiving and Christmas dinners back. She did oh, 11 nice. surgeries the day before we met on the trail. Wow. Yeah. That's talk about efficient by the way. So there's a lot to know about these Yeah, yeah, people. that's fascinating. And and I love it. And I'm I'm looking forward um going to sit down with Casey DeSantis. Oh, That'll be go. the next one. Mm-hmm. Um Tim Scott's mom. Oh, Mrs. Scott, 96 years Francis, old. Francis, we met her on the trail. So a lot coming up. It's called Democracy 2024, Families in Focus like on the this. Faulkner Focus. So thank you for giving me an opportunity you better to believe talk it, about it. Harris Faulkner, because this is the thing. When we talk about the political divide right now, okay, the issues we're fighting over haven't changed. The way we're fighting over them has. A lot of that has to do with social media. And I think it really helps, like what you're doing – to give us the person behind the policy, because I think when you humanize this, maybe it takes the edge off of what we've grown accustomed to, which is anyone who doesn't agree with me should catch fire instantaneously because they're an existential threat to my well-being. I think, and this is something I try to do all the time, like when I'm interviewing congressmen and stuff, I'm generally not talking policy with them. I'm usually talking about Rocky movies or music or chicks they hooked up in high school, you know? Wow. And I bet your wife really appreciates that. Oh, Jenny doesn't care. She knows what she signed up for. Are you kidding me, Harris? You realize Jenny is doing God's work, people. She bought the ticket. She is taking the ride of her life. Are you kidding? It's great. No, I'm Uh, guessing you're on her coat tails, babe. No, you stop it, Harris Faulkner. I'm carrying this. I am carrying this operation. I'm going to get disinvited off your show. No, you're not. Never. Ever, ever, Harris Faulkner. Uh, But this is the thing. If people started to realize on a basic level, this is an old remedy. We used to use this in the 80s and 90s to great success. Hear me out. It was called chill the out. Wow. Do you remember that? I do. Do you remember just chilling out? We'll just agree to disagree. Chill out. That's all all you're going to do. But now because this is what happened, and it's so disingenuous, okay? They used to do it with race. Now they're doing it with violence. They're telling you disagreement is, you know, the equivalent of violence. You can't agree with us. People are going to die. We're misappropriating violence. It's impossible to have a conversation. Well, it's true. I mean, the whole idea is for people who obviously on the left who've run out of words and can't debate – the idea is to shut you down, cancel you, and then there are a couple of other lanes. One is the racism lane. Yep. They know if they just flag that card, that shuts down any conversation. Nobody wants to be accused of anything. Yep. But the other thing that they're doing is they're they're becoming victims. Look at yeah. Millen, uh, Dylan Mulvaney recently mm-hmm. did this over the whole Bud Light thing. Mm-hmm. When Bud Light decided, well, maybe we should apologize for having used Dylan Mulvaney yeah. and ticking off so many of our patriotic fans or whatever their wording was – then Dylan Mulvaney went on social media and said, you know, celebrating how many days Dylan mm-hmm. identified as a woman. And in that celebration said, but I'm a victim of what's happening. So it's the victimization now. I'm yeah. a victim. Of course. Of of what's happening to so me cheap. with Bud Light. But mm-hmm. no, but just two weeks ago, you were a victor yeah. because Bud Light was doing what with you? Mm-hmm. 
So you you have these lanes of racism, of victimization, and and of just cancel culture. All of it comes right down to this. Where did their words go? Mm-hmm. Why why is no one willing to have a conversation and disagree about things anymore? And now, if you disagree, the new lane is you are violent. Yeah. And I don't know if you've seen some of the videos, but mm-hmm. if you mispronoun someone, mm-hmm. they get violent and they say it's justifiable because by you calling me the wrong pronoun, it, I feel like I've been physically attacked. Which is and crazy. And you know my pronouns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am a woman. Uh-huh. And they are USA. Oh, I'm unapologetic. Ha- boom! Faulkner 2024. What we could do is just call people by their names. Oh, of course. And then, and then, look, we've done, we've actually grown because most people can't remember your name fifteen seconds after they meet you. Yeah. So if, you, <laughs> right? I mean, that's just no, true. No, it's true. So uh, we are in a different space, but I don't think we have to stay there. I'm willing to stand in the gap and have the discussions with people while they feel all of their feelings at one time. I'm yep. still standing there. The Harris Faulkner in the house. She is, in the words of Dee Snyder, we're not going to take it. She is not <laughs> going to take, gonna take, take it. it. Oh, yeah. I should not <laughs> sing. I should not. Oh, Harris, you got and skills. I, I won't. Well, here's the thing, Harris. Like, when people say things like, you know, well, speech is violence, what they're really telling you is they've had the luxury of not experiencing violence, okay? Like, I drove a cab. He's get attacked all the time. Wow. I never got hit and said to myself, well, it's a good thing you didn't call me a name. That would have been so much worse you know there's a there's just a lack of perspective in society right now and like that's what i'm hoping to get back i mean that's that's generally the contribution i'm trying to make to political discourse is to just give people perspective because we don't have it you know well and i would say this about certain things that get said like free speech does not cover if you lie Mm -hmm. and say that there is a fire in a theater and there's Mm -hmm. not and you cause destruction by people trampling others Mm -hmm. yelling fire is appropriate if the room is actually on fire (laughs) but the other is not protected Mm -hmm. the n-word there's certain racial slurs there's certain things that can be emotionally triggering but what i challenge young people today to do is to accept the fact that people will use their words, use yours. You don't have to stoop to their level, yep. but you might want to not let that bring you to a physicality in reaction because it gives yeah. that other person power. Absolutely. And, and, and they'll exploit that to the moon. I mean, right now we're getting by with a lot of pretend violence, speech being violence. Right. You know, when you hand them something, good gosh, it's nuts. Well, I look at Jason Aldean's mm-hmm. video, oh, I love which nobody too. was even like mm-hmm. – Against that song in a small town in May when it came out. Yeah. But they see the video. The pictures go with it. They want to, and But it's broadened from the video now. They're mm-hmm. attacking his wife. Oh, they're, they're all in. I mean, it's just all. Yeah, they are all yep. in. That's mm-hmm. a way to put it. I would rather they join the military and be all in against our enemies. Oh, imagine. Can but, we get that? But think about that, Harris. It's like it comes back to this whole era of social media that's put the priority on what you say over what you do. That's the lack of perspective we're suffering from. It's like Jason Aldean is singing about stopping violent criminals. There are more people angry at the guy with the guitar than the guy with the gun. Like, it's not supposed to work that way. But there's been more outrage aimed at him for singing that song Mm. than there has been at cities for becoming lawless, you know? And that's where I think we're misappropriating our resources. And the truth is, I think the line of attack against him was more racist than anything he said because he didn't invoke race. And the truth is every community wants safety. Every community wants criminals held accountable. And that's where I think it was so cheap is, again, they thrive on denying people perspective. Well, and when you talk about the actual video that was used of that courthouse where there was historically a lynching in his video – it's been in movies. Yeah, it was in a Hallmark movie. It was in a Hallmark movie. A Christmas movie, by the way. <laughs> oh, 
I mean, it's been it's been used, and and what we're talking about is knowing your history, county county courthouse by county courthouse. Yeah. Now, the Maury County Courthouse, if you live near it, you're always faced with that history. Mm-hmm. We actually live in a day and age where they take stuff down. Yeah. I mean, it could not be there six weeks from now. They take down statues, yep. anything that's ever. But I say, don't erase the history, and mm-hmm. if you can find new purposes for things. I mean, that would be amazing. If this causes them to put a plaque out front yep. and to recognize those families who suffered, wouldn't that great, be amazing? But point. nobody behind the scenes with a lot of the celebrities, they're more worried about the moment. I feel bad for Jason because he was left twist in the in the wind. Yeah. Had I been on his PR team, mm-hmm. let's use this. Let's use this as a way to talk about things. Mm-hmm. They replaced the video saying, and yeah, many other pieces up. with BLM, so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what their options were, and I don't doubt mm-hmm. that it was important to them. But come on. Well, there's that, a way to, to make it work. Well, there's a good point there. The Queen of Daytime, Harris Faulkner, in studio. Uh, you know, when you take down a lot of our history, you're in a lot of ways denying people the progress we've made. The reason Amen certain, to that. Yeah, the reason certain things yeah. jump out at you is because— we're in a different society now. And you That's go, like, true. you can't do that. This is the problem. The people on the outrage side of every issue are not in it for the cause. They're in it for the control. Okay? The control of do what we say or else. Do well, of course we, we saw that with BLM, the organization. Of course. Which raised millions of dollars but didn't organize nothing, anything. Nothing. Well, they listen, they bought a nice mansion. I mean, it's their taste in houses. Let's not let's not begrudge them their Brentwood is a nice neighborhood. <laughs> I aspire to making some Brentwood money one day. Yeah, until privilege then. on the backs of people who yeah, were pushing baby strollers, believing that they were part of a cause oh, that was gonna make a difference. So sad. George Floyd. But isn't it crazy that there's no societal accountability? We don't actually go back to that summer where we set the country on fire and go, Oh, by the way, all the people leading the charge did nothing with the money i do oh, of i talk about do. it on the focus but that's why you're harris <laughs> faulkner and you come on this show like you and i have these conversations but too much of the country does not uh let's talk summer really quick while i still got you here because you're rocking some fine summer fashion Ooh, and we do like you. to get it we do I like, like to get linen it to the fashion. uh linen's great by the way it's also the best commuter clothes do you know, I know. that it's so true it's wonderful it's just, it wrinkles two seconds after you that's put it on o- that's the only problem no, no one, it's good you're yeah. wrinkled all day yeah the whole day <laughs> no one's ever been able like and it's what's nice about linen is like you're wearing really nice fine fabric but you can't get accused of being pretentious because you also look homeless because it's so wrinkled <laughs> it kind of like splits the difference for you you know it looks like you've been hugged a lot that well there's that and, and someone of your caliber i don't doubt you know, no. they have people walking around behind you probably at this. I kid. You're like a human parade float, though, Harris. I'm You're telling funny. you. They should throw lollipops at people when you walk down the You're hall. You're very sweet. Thank oh, you. Okay, here comes something. I'm no, no, bracing. I'm not going to hit you over the head. <laughs> the only thing I wanted to talk to you about is something we talked about off the air. Okay. okay. It's, about, it's about car etiquette. Okay, something we were talking about earlier is if someone borrows your car and leaves on a specific type of music that you don't like, <laughs> it's a little much. But you know what another? you know what another one is people have to do better at? Just the seat. You know, people have like custom, like you custom don't have seat memory settings. Button? Yeah, like, they those do. Those are in like basic seats. No, no, basic that, that goes on on some level. It doesn't happen to me. My Jenny doesn't drive my Bronco. Jenny grew up on a farm. She drives a big Dodge Ram, I like a nice, sexy one. I love that. She looks so good in a Dodge Ram. Like, I love that. The best thing we ever did was get Jenny a big, giant Dodge Ram. But no, I don't let her anywhere near my Bronco. I think a woman wants to drive a white Bronco after OJ. Well, I wouldn't. <laughs> You might and I'll just leave it. it there. Harris, defense wins championships is what you're telling me. I get it. I res- um, I so we have it. this debate coming up. Yep. <laughs> Two weeks from today. Uh, and it's going to be amazing. Right now, there are three criteria for mm-hmm. the first Republican debate. And mm-hmm. you know the RNC has, yep. has said it's polling, fundraising. 
Um, there's a call out there for the candidates to pledge to support whoever the nominee is. Mm-hmm. So not everybody has met their polling and fundraising. Um, I'm just going to look here. Finally, Mike Pence has met those first two. Mm-hmm. He's not taken the pledge yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Asa Hutchinson, it looks like, has met one of them. Will Hurd has met none of them. And then you have some who've met two or more. Okay. The pledge. Why is Vivek Ramaswamy the only one to say he'll support all the candidates? I mean, how are Republicans going to go forth if they don't vote for the man or woman who mm-hmm. ends up taking on the person on the other side of the political aisle. Well, but that's how Democrats win, by the way. Oh, they yeah, just they, go all in. They rally oh, around we the can't flag. stand yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But hey, let's let's get together. Why yeah. aren't Republicans willing to do that? They don't play good team ball. They actually don't play good team ball. But, uh, you know, if they want to win this election, uh, I think they're going to learn to play team ball because it's a really And the adverse- whole bench. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe it starts tomorrow. Maybe they say uh, Mrs. Ramaswamy with the Queen of Daytime. <laughs> And it rallies the troops. Maybe that's what this is. I know that being on Jimmy Fallon's show changes my life. Oh, believe me. People are right now out in the streets. Mailmen are hugging dogs. There's peace, temporary peace in the Middle They're East They're going as we to speak. buy lollipops for me for, because for the, of you. Yeah, the human parade float. She's a one-woman Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade is what oh, she is. Oh, All right. You're so funny. We'll get back out on the street and keep on marching. You're the coolest. We'll see you tomorrow. You're cooler than the other side. Oh, there it is. Harris Faulkner for the win. We're back after this. The show that's standing up to big tech. Get those nerds! 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 You're listening to Fox Across America. How about Harris Faulkner? Her and I get into some of the rowdiest conversations off the air. <laughs> come back from break, start talking politics and everything in between. Uh, but the queen of daytime, always a great hang. The one thing about this show that I'm very thankful for is everybody who comes here within the building gets it. Okay, that wasn't always the case. When I was, like, new to this channel and I was showing up to these sets dressed like an overweight figure skater, people were like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> what is this guy doing? Why is he on the, why is he on the set? What's... I got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, once they figure out, you know, that you mean well and, you, you know, you can actually contribute to these conversations on some small scale, uh, they kind of roll with it and they just have fun. And uh, she is such great fun. But this is a show. I tell you this all the time at our live events when we do these Q&As at the end of the show. The best part of working here, the best part is being in the hallways between classes. I always say that. Fox is like a really well-dressed high school where we get hair and makeup. And all the fun, you know, being on the air is amazing. You're talking about the news and, you know, driving political conversation and stuff. But it's in between periods when you walk in the hallways and you high-five this person or run into that person in an elevator and have a couple of laughs about things completely unrelated to the news. That's what makes it great. That's why the show succeeds. I mean, my show but the network as a whole is we have an actual connection to each other and the people watching us because we're real. We're not sitting here. Like if you went to a – I'm not even kidding. If you went to, like, a CNN party, they'd be like, oh, yeah, we're so happy to see you. People aren't buying at CNN, you dumb bastards. And the reason you know it's true is when you take a picture with one of those people, the minute, the minute that flash goes off, all the color leaves their face. And they're just like, get away from me, you nothing. Okay, they really are just dismissive a-holes. But here at Fox, very much the Olive Garden. When you're here, your family. Uh, and we will continue uh, with the breadsticks when we come back in the next hour. 
on Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Getting ready. I wanted to say getting ready to rumble, but I don't think you could say get ready to rumble. Michael Buffer, the famous ring announcer, I think he patented that. You either like can't say it or what have you. But the bottom line is there's a battle of brewing in the Republican Party. A lot of smack talk. Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. We're going to get into it in this hour. We're also going to talk about the situation down at the border where Joe Biden naturally visited Arizona yesterday. And decided to spend all his time talking about climate change. You have no idea how to defend a nation. Arizona Attorney General Mark Brnovich uh, was tasked with defending that state for quite some time. And he's going to be joining us in the tail end of this hour. 888-788-9910. If you'd like to join us as well in an audio safe space for cool people where we say every day you can be a Republican, you can be a Democrat. Just don't be a there it is. There it is. It's a weird Wednesday, man. You've got all this Biden indictment, Biden indictment. You've got all this Trump indictment stuff. You've got all these Biden impeachment inquiries floating around. We're two weeks from the first GOP primary debate, which will happen right on the Fox News channel. And by the way, if you're watching TV that week, just turn the channel on on Wednesday for the debate and do not shut it off because come Saturday night, you will see your radio buddy hosting Fox News Saturday night at 10 p.m. And you know damn well I need those ratings, girlfriend. So you better be there. Uh, But right now we are here. Let's go down to the border. Let's talk now about Governor Maura Healey from Massachusetts. Now, what's going on with these governors? What's going on with these mayors in Democratic cities? Okay, they're coming face to face with the reality that all of their positions were. Okay, do you remember all these cities that were like, we're a sanctuary city. We're a sanctuary state. No one's illegal, Donald Trump. If you don't want them in the country, we'll take them in our place. Democrats are so full of crap. And why do we know that? Because they're now declaring states of emergency. They're now saying they don't have the capacity to house these migrants. Eric Adams, okay, who went from, you know, the Statue of Liberty, give us your tired, your poor, to there's just too many of them. Democrats are so full of crap. This could go on for days. But I'll let you hear from the Democrats first, and then we'll make our way over to Chip Roy, who was on Stuart Varney yesterday, right after me. I don't know if, for real, the clip I'm about to play you uh, happened right after we went to commercial. I was talking to Stuart Varney for about 12 minutes. We went to commercial, and Chip Roy comes back from commercial after sitting through my clip. And I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. You're going to love it. But let's start up in Massachusetts. Governor Moore Healy, clip 18. We're unable to move people from housing and shelter into permanent housing because of this. So instead, we've been expanding and continuing to look for housing and shelter opportunities, expanding shelter at a rapid pace, and it's unsustainable. She's not wrong to say it's unsustainable, but you see, they had adopted a pretend policy under Trump in saying we're sanctuary states. No human being is illegal. Do you know why they were saying that? Because they knew they weren't going to have to take any. Ah, uh, you have a good eye, my man. If a guy is shutting down the border, you don't have to worry about overflow winding up inside your state. That's true. That is true. OK, but now that they have Biden, who's just pulled the goalie, they got a problem. 
Here's a little more Maura Healy declaring a state of emergency, clip 19. Today I am declaring a state of emergency in Massachusetts. What this means is as follows. I am directing members of my administration to continue to utilize and operationalize all means necessary to secure housing, shelter, health and human services to address this humanitarian crisis. I am asking all of our partners from government and the faith community, philanthropic organizations, human service providers, businesses, and residents across this great state to come together and do whatever you can to help us and to help these families to meet this moment. In my opinion, that sucked. And you want to know why it sucked? Are you ready for it? It's because she didn't call out the cause. Bingo. What is the cause of all of this carnage and chaos? It's Joe Biden. Okay, if they secure the southern border, this isn't a problem. We've had six million people come into this country under Joe Biden. Biden sucks. But you still don't hear Democrats calling him out directly because, you know, they don't pee inside the tent. But it's a good example of the politics being more important than the people. Hey, give us money. Come on, we need help. It's a national emergency. Relinquish your freedoms. What if we just solve the problem uh, with why they're coming here in the first place? I think he's got a point. Yeah, and the point is everybody yelling and screaming in this moment is full of because they didn't say anything when we repealed Donald Trump's border policies, policies that Democrats and Republicans had agreed on for a decade before Donald Trump became the president. You understand both political parties have voted for border wall funding in the past. But when Trump showed up and said, build a wall, they were like, oh, that's racist. What do you mean? That's just how white folks will do you. Here is Arizona Sheriff Mark Daniels since Sierra Vista yesterday calling the border uh, exactly what it is. Clip 21. Our voice of reason has been buried during what I call intellectual avoidance by this administration. Yes, members of U.S. Congress. Communities have neglected and communities have been neglected and abandoned, relying on their own local and state oh, resources yeah. to address a border that's in a crisis mode. Our southern border, against all public comfort statements out of Washington, D.C., is in the worst shape I've ever seen it. When one looks at public safety, national security, and humanitarian, our southern border is the largest crime scene in the country. Biden is such a disaster. Southern border is the largest crime scene in the country. That's Sheriff Mark Daniels from Sierra Vista, Arizona. Largest crime scene in the country. Why does he say that? Because of the drugs, the human trafficking. Do you know 30% of the women who cross this border illegally get sexually assaulted? Where are the Democrats on that one? I mean, if you're talking about 6 million people have crossed the border, basic math would tell you about half of them are women. Let's, you know, give or take, but let's assume it's 3 million. 30% of that is 900,000 women who have been sexually assaulted. Are you hearing a word about the party of women on that one? The answer would be no. Nothing. Chip Roy throwing a challenge flag. Here's Roy on Varney. Fired up. Clip 22. You know, the president and this administration could go straight to hell. We have a job to do. In Congress, my message to all my Republican colleagues, we are not going to fund a government that's at war with the people of Texas. We are not going to fund a government that's perpetuating the lawlessness, empowering cartels, allowing fentanyl to kill Americans, and allow little girls to get raped in stash houses in Texas. Enough? This is our fight. And I'm tired of Republicans who are giving lip service to it and for years have been supporting it because they want cheap labor. You've got to get mad. All right, he's not done yet. Okay, here's a little more Chip Roy, clip 23. We have a raging crisis going on oh, on the southern border, and the president's in Arizona. 
That was Chad Wolf. But yeah, let's play clip 23. I want to play it anyway. We have a raging crisis going on on the southern border, and the president's in Arizona in a heavily impacted border community. Uh, and he's talking about climate change, and he's talking about a failed Inflation Reduction Act. Instead, he needs to be talking about what is gripping places like New York City, uh, places like obviously Texas, uh, Massachusetts, who's declared a state of emergency. There are communities across this country that are in crisis, and the president should be addressing this crisis, but instead he continues to ignore it. The vice president continues to ignore it, mm -hmm. and they continue down this failed strategy of over two and a half years now, and uh, unfortunately, American communities are paying the price for it. It's not wrong, man. And, you know, this is the thing. We're living in a death of shame now. And what I mean by that is politicians love to do things that won't affect them, that don't affect them. COVID lockdown is a great example. Did anybody passing a COVID lockdown actually lock down? The answer would be no. no they're out renting boats, flying, traveling. I mean, to be clear, Obama had the biggest COVID violation po you know, party in the history of the pandemic. Don't be thick, all right? But you remember that? 600 people at Martha's Vineyard? At a time when they were telling you to stay home and wear a mask and don't get together indoors. Like, oh, no, it's Obama's birthday. We're all going to Martha's Vineyard. And that's what they did. And I don't want to bag on Barack Obama because he's committing a selfless act. Okay, as you know, the Democrats tell you all the time sea levels are rising. And the reason guys like Obama keep building these oceanfront mansions, these beachfront mansions, is they're actually just trying to protect you from those rising sea levels. They're going and building these $30 million compounds. <laughs> it's, an, it's a selfless act. It's like Bruce Willis and Armageddon flying right into the, aster, you know, the asteroid. They're building these beachfront mansions despite knowing that the sea levels are rising because they're willing to be a, a wall for you when those sea levels rise. I mean, come on. How does anyone take these people seriously? But here is Biden talking about this, okay? Yesterday goes down to the border in Arizona. As you hear Sheriff Daniels call it the biggest crime scene in America. As you hear Chip Roy so mad he's going after Republicans. Here's Biden talking about climate change, clip seven. I want to stop all drilling on the East Coast and the West Coast and in the Gulf. The private sector's coming off the sidelines. They've invested $250 billion in alternative energy. There's so much going on. Finally, finally, no one can any longer deny that we don't have a problem with climate change. You are so full of sh**. And anyone can deny we don't have a problem with climate change. You want to know why? Because everyone pushing it isn't following any of their initiatives. OK, again, if you're telling me it's a climate emergency, an emergency, the can doesn't get kicked down the road. OK, it doesn't. It's not how it works. OK, if you're driving down the highway and your car bursts into flames, you don't go, oh, let's keep driving for a few more miles and see how this plays out. <laughs> Maybe we can make a political point here. Maybe we can do something. No, if it's an emergency, you are addressing it immediately. But none of the people telling you it's an emergency are stopping. They're still flying private. They're still building mansions all over the ocean. Joe Biden, he himself has a Rehoboth Beach compound where he spent about 60 percent of his presidency. Does that sound like a guy worried about rising sea levels? The answer would be no. It's all stupid. But you want to know something? It's making them so much money. Pay up, suckers. But here is Biden. Telling you climate change. Oh, climate change. I'm telling you it's bad. Telling the military is prepping for climate change. Clip eight. 
How is the U.S. preparing the military? Well, we're preparing the military by trying to deal with the climate stuff. For example, many of the bases that have flooded, many of these massive floods, they've flooded out military bases in the Midwest and the South. That has a profound impact on readiness. And so what we have to do is change the way in which we generate energy. And that's, that's the whole of it. And the military is doing their part. It's nothing more than white noise coming from the White House. The military's not doing their part. Okay, the military's having drag shows and getting people's pronouns right. It's embarrassing. But understand, we're not sending electric tanks onto the battlefield. Okay, we're not sending fighter jets into the sky. You imagine what the weight of a battery in a fighter jet would be? There's a world where this is happening, okay? There's no military vehicles. We're not using solar-powered vehicles on the battlefield. We're not counting on renewable energy. And nothing that's, you know, an electric vehicle, an EV, is running on, you know, the wind or the sun or a rain catcher. It's getting plugged into something, and it's being charged off the traditional power grid of fossil fuels. So it's all a grift, man. You understand? But when they say things like emergency, whether we're talking about the border, we're declaring a state of emergency, or they're talking about the climate, it's a state of emergency. Why do they declare states of emergency? Not because of the cause we're dealing with, but because of the control they get in an emergency situation. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. Think back to the COVID emergency. Well, it's an emergency. So we're taking away your freedoms. Can't go to church. It's an emergency. Can't visit a loved one in the hospital. It's an emergency. Sorry, pal. Funeral? Oh, well. Guess who's putting out a solo album? It's an emergency, you see. Cannot go out of the house. Kid can't go to school. It's an emergency. Kid goes to public school. Sorry, it's an emergency. Now, yes, our kids are going to go to private school down the road. Not a big deal. But your kid, it's an emergency. You stay home. Okay, you are not allowed out of the house. This is a sophisticated virus. Okay, so much so that when they made it in that Chinese lab, like they knew that... It was going to attack everyone except George Floyd protesters. They could go out of the house. There's no emergency. If they want to go out of the house, the virus is so sophisticated, it knows if someone is just trying to change the world by looting a Nike store. It knows if someone's going to set a Little Caesars on fire, we need to lay off those people. Besides, this is the first time a Little Caesars pizza was cooked all the way through. Okay? The virus knew that. Okay, this is the level of ridiculous. When there's a double standard, there's no standard. If people believe you're living in an emergency, okay, they address the emergency head on. Instead, what they're doing is they're weaponizing the emergency. That's how a climate emergency works. That's how a border agency works, a border emergency works, is that if, if, if the real pro- problem, the real cause of this migrant crisis is an unsecured border. So if we really need a state of emergency in Massachusetts, shouldn't the person calling for it? I don't know, be pushing to secure the border. That's the cause of the problem. Why are we spending the money? Allow these people to come here legally. You don't have an emergency. But the problem here is they don't care about the people. They care about the politics. And that's why you've got an overflowing border. That's why you've got beachfront mansions from all the Democrats who tell you there's climate change. That's why you had 15 days of COVID to stop the spread become two years. Okay, the real emergency is they can't sell their policies without taking away your freedoms. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. The show that sees through the bullshit. My response is right, you know, and the stripper really likes you. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
There it is. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. They tell you here in New York, if you see something, say something. Something suspicious is happening. You, gotta, you know, point it out. Well, our mayor, Eric Adams, uh, left the nightclubs. I'm seeing something. I'm saying something. He was not in the nightclubs yesterday popping bottles with models. I mean, he probably was, but at some point he took a break and uh, he spoke to the press about the migrant problem here in New York. It's pretty fascinating to me because understand, Adams, you guys don't know this around the country, but he is a legend, a legend. If you run a nightclub in New York City every night, because he's mayor nightclub, that's what he does, because he's trying to be a traditional Democrat where they just fail their way up. Get your name in the national news, okay, and then just do nothing <laughs> locally. Just be relevant, and uh, you know you can kind of find your way upwards in the party just by becoming a relevant name. Like you think of Pete Buttigieg, okay? His nickname was Pothole Pete. Because he couldn't handle the roads in one town in Indiana, in South Bend. But a guy by the name of Pothole Pete became a national name by running for president. And the next thing you know, he was in charge of every single road in the country as transportation secretary. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Yeah. Up next, we'll have a secretary of education named Summer School Sal. It's crazy. Dumb. But Adams, trying to fail upwards, taking on the migrant issue, clip 20. All of the mayors have been saying that this is a national problem and we need national leadership. And I think that we all should be uh, talking about this in a very in a very real way. And there was a moment that I felt as though um, was I the only one that was seeing this? What an idiot. See, again, we need national leadership. No, no. Shut the border down. So you do is close the border. It's the front door of the house. Close the front door of the house. It's, con- it's not controversial. It's not racist. Okay, they're coming in from every country in the world right now because the border's open. It's nothing else to discuss. You don't have to quote the plaque on the Statue of Liberty. Save your time. Get back into the champagne room. Just go out in front of the microphones and go, shut the border. That's it. Just shut the border. I agree with that. I don't know that he does. Okay, but in a better world, we all would. Mark Burnovich, former attorney general from the great state of Arizona. Border wide open to him. He'll be coming into the studio next on Fox Across America. Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. I feel like I have a play date right now because we've got a guest in studio who likes a lot of the same toys as me. You know how I have all these toys in the studio, and uh, they're basically here. You know, if I get stuck with like a boring guest, I can make small talk with them about the toys. Well, joining us now is a man who's never boring on the show, but still might need some toy talk anyway. He's a former Arizona attorney general and a friend of ours. Mark Burnovich returns to the show. Hey, girl. Hey, what's up, Playboy? Welcome back to New York. Oh, I'll tell you what. If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere, and you're always making it here. Boom, so, there it is, Vernovich. So, thank you very much. Did you really ride in a cab today? Is that true? Was uh, one of my pals? Yes, for, for a little bit. Um do you guys know that you can actually use AC or air conditioning when you're in a car? <laughs> Not roll down the windows in the stale dude, traffic? It depends who you're talking to. Um, I agree with you on that. I was, a fr- I was a friend of the AC. But what happens is the guys who drive days are all nuts. Here's the deal. And I was a daytime driver, but you need to know this. Okay, when you drive a taxi, you drive either 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. or 5 p.m. to 5 a.m. That's how it works. You work 12-hour shifts. Two guys split the car for 24 hours. People like the night because there's a lot less traffic. 
but nobody throws up in your cab during the day. So that's the trade-off. So you get the guys in the day are weird guys that just don't want to deal with a drunk throwing up in their car. And they have strange proclivities. Like they might not turn on the air. There's weird things go on. Yes. Yeah, so, so I had to actually get out of the cab and walk over here. And I'm now sweating like Elvis before the second show at the Garden. I mean, it, is, <laughs> it is really humid here. I mean, it's not a dry heat like in Arizona. And No. Yes. You're, you're earning your money, Mark yes, Burnovich. Well, freaks in, come out at night, too. That's the other thing. Well, so. According to this studio, they come out between noon and three. <laughs> yeah. Based on what we've seen, uh, really quickly, before we get into news of the world, uh, looking around the studio, let me quiz you on a few, not quiz you, but run oh. some things by you. I know you're a Star Wars guy and a G.I. Joe guy. Are you familiar with Voltron over there with the sword? Do you remember that toy or no? It's like the I, lions would form a guy. I, I do not remember okay. that toy. Okay. Well, I was not as nerdy as you, apparently. Well, you know, no, Voltron had a run, but you okay. know what happened? Like, I also got a lot of knockoff toys. We didn't grow up with a lot of money. So, like, I got, like, by Curious George. You know, it wasn't quite the regular one everybody else was used to. You're like, is he, the, wearing, the, is he wearing chaps? What's going on? That, that man in the big yellow hat's wearing chaps? Yes, the G.I. John, not yeah, yeah, G.I. Yeah. Joe. or Those the, things um, like that Big Jim. Remember Big Jim with yeah, the karate yeah, chop? Yeah, yeah, with yeah, the karate. Yours didn't do the karate chop. So Come yes. on, Mark Burnovich. He's taking you down toyhood memory lane. Um, well, here's the story uh, that's a New York story. It's become a Massachusetts story has become an everybody's story, and it's the only one we ever cover, okay? The president goes out to your home state of Arizona yesterday. We obviously have a migrant crisis, as everybody knows, uh, but he spends all of his time there talking to them about climate change. Thanks, Josh. You're a hero for that, by the way. Brnovich needed his tequila, and Josh performed a heroic deed. Thank you very this much. This would normally be Mikey's to do, but Mikey's on vacation. You need to get your own brand. I was just thinking about this. Maybe you and I can get together and start our own liquor line. Can I tell you a funny story? Somebody approached me after a stand-up gig out in Vegas and was like, we want to, like, throw your name on a vodka. And um, I, 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 I don't think I'm allowed to do it, you know what I mean, because of Fox and your relation to news yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, but the offer was like, I was like, wow, that's like a thing? You could do that? And apparently you can do that. So I don't know. Maybe I'll ask. Well, you know, the rent yes. don't pay itself, boo. Yeah, that's right. Let's get out there. If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. You know what I'm saying? Mark Burnovich is here. All right. Wait, so you were Biden talking about Joe climate Biden. change in Arizona. But my question to you, um, is climate change like a top 10 issue to a state that's getting overwhelmed at the border? No. Um, as you know, climate change is one of the greatest hoaxes there is right now. Oh, I it's feel the same like, way. You know, look, yeah. when the Soviet Union collapsed, communism didn't die. All those people just ended up in the environmental movement. So and so, true. seriously, this is all about lefties trying to control our lives. I remember a few years back when I was AG, we were suing the EPA all the time. And I was speaking at the University of Virginia. And I was talking about how I had the cover of Time magazine. And they talked about global cooling and all, like, how they're all over the board. It's really about control. And at the end of this presentation, there was some guy came up to me. He was, like, crying. He's like, don't you understand? You're going to destroy the environment, and, you know, in the next decade. And it, was, it was, like, four or five years ago, and I'm just thinking, I said to him, I literally said, son, if you can't handle me debunking <laughs> climate change, you're going to have a hell of a time as a lawyer in real life, man, because <laughs> people are going to be disagreeing all the time. But those are the snowflakes we're raising, and so, yes, this is, climate change is all about controlling your life. Look, do I, I ask people all the time, do you believe in the Great Lakes? Have you ever seen the Great Lakes? Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? According, everyone, everyone knows, 10, 15,000 years ago, there was an ice age. And when the ice age receded, it formed the Great Lakes. The earth is constantly in the process of heating and cooling. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all this is is about controlling our lives. So funny. George George Carlin, late great George Kleiman, had a great bit. He's like, you know, he's like, the planet's going to be fine. We're 
<laughs> Pretty funny. Oh, I didn't know we could use profanity. Yeah, well, this I is gotta, New just got to beep it. Don't okay. worry. Mark Burnovich is in studio. We're having a grown-up talk about the climate grift. You know, you got to talk about this, though, too. There are some selfless acts out there. I was, I was hipping the audience to this earlier. Like, you know, the rising sea levels. Barack Obama so concerned with the rising sea yeah. levels that he's building beachfront mansions just so he can absorb the blow. So it doesn't hit the rest of us. Should we not be applauding his selflessness? Yes, he is. He's a giver, I think. Is that <laughs> a giver or a grifter, right? What is, what is that term? It's, uh, yes, and Hunter Biden is painting seascapes as we speak. But I've always said, look, I mean, if, if, the, if the water rises, the good news is at some point Arizona will have oceanfront property. And my long-term investment uh, will finally have paid off, you know, that real estate <laughs> in the desert. some fruit. Yes. Oh, that's funny. The desert. Well, here's the thing, though. Now, I'm starting to see. We were just playing a clip from Sheriff Daniels out in Arizona. It might have been Sierra Vista or something. But he was just talking about how, you know, the border has become the biggest crime scene in the country. And the Democrats are starting to speak about it. You know, the resources are strained. We, you know, a, they're declaring emergencies in Massachusetts. But isn't the actual solution, like, really at our fingertips if you just shut the border? Yeah, well, if we actually started enforcing the law, and you yeah, know, yeah. you know, I've had this conversation for a couple of years now. And when I was sitting there talking about the cartels have seized operational control of the border, a record amount of fentanyl, re- record amount of people illegally crossing our country, um, you know, people were like, "Oh my gosh, you're being a racist or this or that or the other thing." And quite frankly, as you know, I'm a first generation American. I mean. Mm-hmm. When we stop having people wanting to come to the con- this country, it's a problem. But the reality is the very reason why people come here is because the rule of law means something. And if people wanted socialist policies, they would have stayed in Central America or South America. And so it's crazy because the very first act of coming here is actually breaking the law. And I think that undermines the rule of law. And so you have to start and, – and this is one thing the Biden administration is not doing – is by prosecuting people for illegal – legal entry and re-entry into this country, and they're not doing that. Instead, they've incentivized and decriminalized people doing that. The cartels are making money hand over fist. Mexico, cut the tape or whatever, mark this, whatever you guys say in the radio business, Mexico is on the brink of becoming a failed narco state, and that's going to be on our border, and more violence is going to spill over, and more drugs are going to come into our country. China is sending the precursor chemicals to make fentanyl because they're trying to undermine us. They're paying us back for the opium wars, the 19th century, and so... You are having China strategically undermine America and poison our kids, poison people in this country. The cartels are making billions, billions of dollars every day. That is sick. We're talking to former Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich. And I appreciate calling it a poisoning, too, because I feel like we mischaracterize it a lot as an overdose. But kids aren't overdosing on Adderall. They're taking one and dying because it's poison. It's not the era we grew up in. Like, I grew up in an era where a lot of people took recreational drugs. And, you know, for the most part, they're okay. They're a little paranoid, a little weird. Uh, But they weren't dying left and right. Now it's crazy. It's a totally different animal. There's a weird dereliction of duty when it comes to protecting the country. But I think what's happening is... Um, politically, because we've changed the discourse to make everything revolve around racism or agree with us or you're committing violence, it's impossible to have head-on conversations about things that actually do get people killed. So I don't know how we go back on that. You need, like, a really good communicator to come along. I don't know that we have one yet, okay? We have a lot going on. We've got a great food fight in the Republican primaries. Uh, You know Trump. Uh, Should he debate, do you think, two weeks from today? Uh, he should show up? Uh, no. I mean, I, I think the, the— You think the, he should sit on the lead? Well, it depends. Oh, that's right. Um, I forgot. Fox is carrying the debate, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, then he, then he should, should debate because Fox <laughs> is doing it. You. It's all about the ratings. Good and for you. Once again, I am a free agent to the uh, executives at Fox. If so. anyone's listening. Uh, well, here, <laughs> here's the truth, though. Is guy, like, 
there's two mindsets here. One is, yeah, he's got a big lead. He yeah. shouldn't give anybody a chance to make a play on him and close the gap. But the other is, if he doesn't show up, he's given a lot more airtime to these people who could present, potentially present themselves as like a Trump alternative without four indictments. Or then again, some of those people, if you've heard them speak and you've been around them, they actually their numbers may actually go down. I don't know if you can go down from three to one, but I think that sometimes <laughs> these uh, politicians pontificate, it could happen. Bernard says bet the under yeah, in the first in the GOP primary. Well, and this is this is this is the problem that all the Republican candidates are facing is that it, you, how many times you hear people say, hey, I love Trump's policies. I want to be strong on the border, strong in China, uh, low taxes, low regulation. Eh, it's just the messenger sometimes we don't like. And so you end up with people basically not wanting to offend the base. So they're going to say, oh, Trump did this great. He did that great. And that, quite frankly, I think helps him. Yeah, maybe because they're not running away from his record. Right. That's the point. Right. Mark Brnovich, the guy's going to give you good insight. You know, once he survives that air conditionless cab ride, he's going to come here. He's going to say things. Uh, I will tell you this, too, about driving to New York, which is something you don't do all the time. Um, because of the environmental people, we were talking about climate change earlier. We have more pollution now than we've ever had because what they did is they whacked most of the car lanes. They put in bike lanes that, you know, you know, see a few people in them. Uh, but most of the guys riding bikes in this town don't observe any of the laws. Most of the delivery guys drive the wrong way. So we've got less lanes for the cars. We've got bus lanes. And every crosstown street has construction on it. So it is literally, if you get on 37th Street on 1st Avenue to go to the west side, say 10th Avenue, it is the Oregon Trail. People in your car won't be alive by the time you get there. And this is being done in the name of, like, <laughs> the environment. Well, but, wait, go ahead. No, I was going to say, this is the thing about the environment mental movement you know at first they wanted to take away our cars and they did and now they're taking away our houses i mean and so it's like you know they're they're creating all these problems in new york it's like you know the old if you can make it here you can make it anywhere it's like if you can fail economically or you can destroy a city if you can do this in new york city then you can do it all over america and that's what the left's doing and they sure are man and if anyone who doesn't believe him hasn't been to frisco I mean, anywhere, Philadelphia, it's all it's all wild out there, man. San Francisco, it makes me sad because it really was like our prettiest city. You know, the policies have always been, you know, way left and crazy and everything in between. But aesthetically, OK, they had held it together up until about four or five years ago. Now it's the Star Wars cantina. It's it is crazy. It's like a safari. And I feel bad, but that's reality. The bar scene is I'm looking at the Millennium Falcon right in front of me. It's uh <laughs> Yeah, and, and I, I used to – San Francisco's a great city. In fact, one of my favorite bars in the entire world is a, a place called Shanghai Kelly's right Ooh. there on Broadway and Polk. Yeah. Old dive bar, great place. But last time I was in there, I literally had to step over like three or four homeless people on the way there, had to avoid a couple of feces drops. And it's yeah. just like – I was thinking, this is just terrible. It's like what ha what's happened to the city in a decade? It's you just – Bad. It's weird to watch a city go through a behind the music phase. You know, after the bands <laughs> had their hits, like, what's going on here? Those leather pants don't even fit anymore, San Francisco. Come on, man. You now, now there. You know how Vince Neil people call him Vince Meal. That's my favorite in the world. <laughs> Have you ever seen the videos of Vince Neil singing "Kickstart My Heart"? They're the greatest. They're the greatest. Basically, like because he's out of breath. Yeah. Someone um, transcribes his verbiage because he's not saying any of the words in the song anymore. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> yeah, so I, See, the thing is, it's so funny because I was never, and we've talked music before, mm. I was never a huge Motley Crue fan. But, yeah. of course, Kickstart My Heart. That was, what was that, Nikki Six overdose yeah, yeah, or whatever? Yeah, yeah. And they had a uh -huh. Kickstart His Heart and he wrote the song. Like, those guys lived the rock and roll lifestyle. Oh, did they, they ever? They were not my cup of tea, but... Um, uh -huh. Girls, girls, girls. It's now called Them's, Them's, Them's. <laughs> yes. you gotta, you got to change it up or we're both going to get canceled. Oh, that's right. I oh, Bernovich, talking crew. We're having a good time. Uh, are you going to any concerts this summer while we got you in town? Um, 
I have not not new plans right now, Ooh. but I'd like to. Guns N' Roses is back at yeah. They're in tour. October in Phoenix. Guns uh, is apparently releasing a new song. Oh, I'd be interested to see how that goes. In, in all seriousness, I was never once again. I was not a huge Guns N' Roses fan, and then. L.A. Coliseum, 1989, they opened up for the Stones. Oh. And I mean, I'm a big Stones guy. Yeah. And I thought they were really good. And I just remember Axl Rose, um, you know, he's like, I remember one point he's like, they were fighting. The band was fighting. They were late. There was all this drama going on. And I remember Axl Rose was like, this this is my last concert, this band. We are effing. He's pr- using profanity and everything. And then they rip into like Bob Dylan's Knocking on Heaven's Door. Wow. And then, you know, Paradise City. And he, I just remember right before he goes, this song is about somewhere where there ain't no effing play. You know, he's yeah, yeah. And then he ripped it out. I was like, these guys are good. Like, yeah. I really liked them. I mean, I was like, I wish I'd discovered them earlier. You know? That's amazing, Brnovich. And I, I, I'll never forget the Rolling Stones voicing concern that they thought Guns N' Roses did too much drugs. Yes. <laughs> I was like, wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> Keith Richards getting paid in shrooms. Yes, yeah, dancing with Mr. Brownstone, right? <laughs> Uh, really quick, if you didn't see this, I'll give it to you as required reading and uh, required viewing in a parting shot. There is a phenomenal documentary, uh, a Chuck Berry documentary that Keith Richards is in. As a Stones guy, you'll love it so much. It's called Hail, Hail, Rock and yes. Roll. Okay, you know it. And uh, I just rewatched it because I was in St. Louis and we went and visited Chuck Berry's house in Wentzville. And uh, the documentary is so outrageous because they're basically just prepping for his 60th birthday yeah. concert and no one's getting along. Yeah. And they they made such a point to show you just how little they were getting along. Like when he's yelling at Keith Richards about tuning his amp. Yeah. And then he starts yelling at Clapton about how he doesn't know how to play guitar. But Chuck Berry was the man. He, he was the man. But I'll tell you what, the one thing I, and I mm-hmm. think it was the documentary that mentions this is that he would intentionally, when they would warm up, they'd practice and be like, all right, we're going to do this in the key of G. Mm-hmm. And then they would go out. Yes. And he would change it to C. Yes. So he would look good and everybody else was yep. like farting around with their guitars <laughs> and amps and not knowing what to do, man. He was old school, baby. Yeah, Keith Richards, he makes he says something about that. He's like, yeah, yeah I've seen him live. I've seen the stuff he pulls. Yeah. I've seen what he does to yeah. people. And he tells a story because he says he shows a moment from the concert where they're playing and Chuck Berry goes over to Keith Richards and says something to him. And Keith Richards shakes his head yeah. no. And he said that that was Chuck Berry telling him they were going to switch the keys in the middle of the yes. song to the other guys. Yeah. And, and Keith Richards is like, no. And he's like, that's the first time anyone's told the guy no. And I don't doubt it because Chuck Berry wasn't messing around. I have done a lot of cool stuff in my life. I've gotten to meet a lot of cool people. I mean, I've uh, – but I would love to have spent a night with Keith Richards. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if it's getting too late to do that. But I that's, mean, he's out there. I'd like to do that. The, the, the songs are a little different now. Yes, you know? I mean, I've, I've seen the Stones a bunch of times. I'm of saying, course. like, I don't want to go see him in concert. I've done that. I'm yeah, talking yeah. about, like – this is NYC. This is your city. Yeah. You I mean, get us the Keith Richards hookup. Oh, I'll you get know? him on the phone right now. You All just right. you just got to make peace with new songs. Brown At their age, Brown Sugar is now Black, Brown Splenda. Uh, yeah, that uh, song is very politically correct. Yeah, I thought they banned yeah, they that song. Whack that, too. Mark Brnovich, we actually have one advertiser left. They'd like to get a word in. We're back after this. <laughs> You're listening to the best dad on the radio. Can't believe you forgot my birthday. You're with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. Boom! Not quite the Carson Couch wave over, but Mark Brnovich has been invited for a second break as we wrap up the show today on Fox Across America. You know, it was an old thing on Carson. If you did a set, it went well. Johnny waved you over. You're like, I made it. That's you know? right. That's I, I've watched a bunch of those old Carson episodes. So They're actually ma- really good. You know what's amazing about old Carson? I watch old Carson episodes constantly. I fall asleep watching them. Um, the amount of smoking going on in a TV set in the oh, 70s yes. and 80s. People are actually dying of black lung between commercial breaks. There was, 
Oh, my God. Uh, Harris, the actor Harris, I remember yeah. he was on there and he was talking about how he had stopped drinking uh-huh. he was smoking five packs of cigarettes a day. And, <laughs> I mean, so it's like you give up. Every, every person has a vice, you know, yeah. and it's like whether it's tobacco or liquor or whatever it is. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, Carson used to always be spotted, you know, like yep. behind the desk there taking that drag off his heater. Great quote for you guys. Abraham Lincoln uh, famously said, people without vice are often without virtue. And you know how I found out that was an Abe Lincoln quote? I dropped off and I was a cab driver, probably a 95-year-old man at Flash Dancers. And he <laughs> said that when he got out. Like, I realized where we were. And he said, ah, people without vice are often without virtue. Abraham Lincoln. And he slammed the door. I thought it was pretty funny. Well, I remember last time we were out, uh, we enjoyed an adult beverage. And I have always said a Slavic expression is, Never trust a person that won't drink with you. So oh. I think it's important. And Vino Veritas, right? Thank you. You find out people's true personalities. That's a that's a real thing. Mark Brnovich dishing some hard truths, some serious life lessons on the way out the door. 30 seconds left in the program. Uh, if you're watching Failavision tomorrow, I'll be on Hannity in prime time, and I'll be batting leadoff on the channel at 5.30 a.m. on Fox and Friends first. The sun never sets. Hardest working man in show business. Never rises or sets. You are the Queen Victoria of Fox. <laughs> That's me, folks. The sun never sets on your empire. <laughs> Party's over. Pay up and get out. You know the deal. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. The only thing we ever ask on this show, just don't be a... Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.